I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with another episode recorded live in the Living Kitchen Studio. Josh Boris is the president of Core Development Group. Josh and I met in the Snyder Diamond Showroom in Santa Monica and recorded live from the Living Kitchen Studio. It's always fun for me to speak with developers because they truly have their finger on the economic pulse of design and architecture. Josh has a love for the design side, knowledge of the architectural elements, and a keen understanding of the business side of development. That's a potent combination when having a conversation like this. It's also important because without the economics working out, most of what we do doesn't get done in the first place, right? I also really enjoyed the conversation with Josh because he does love the design side so much and really works to make the numbers work out without sacrificing the design. This provides a great opportunity to hear how to make some small changes in your own design that preserve budget without cutting corners. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond and featuring a simply remarkable suite of appliances from Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove. I've always believed that the kitchen is the heart of the home. It's the social and functional center of a well-designed home. Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove provide tools that properly preserve food, prepare it to perfection, and clean it efficiently and effectively when you're finished. There are products designed for indoors and outdoors. They are crazy smart and stunning to look at. Whether designing for clients or your own home, you look for the best available products with the future in mind, and Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove have taken that same approach to design, durability, form, and function. They've also made some amazing offers available for a limited time, like the Grill, Chill, and Shine outdoor event offering really amazing savings and rebates, but conditions apply and the offers do end. So Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove provide so many options from which to choose that as a designer, your options are virtually limitless. So if you haven't seen what Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove appliances can do, it's time for you to visit any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond locations. You can also visit the Sub-Zero Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica showrooms. I'm constantly impressed, and I think you will be too. When did you get into the business? When did I? Well, I got in, uh, I studied architecture. Right. So I knew that I always enjoyed architecture, but um, wanted to do more than just the architecture. Architecture is one component. There's so many other different aspects of the business, but I always was, was attracted to the design, to how things come together, building, the aesthetics. So I studied architecture and then um, worked for a residential architect for a while and really enjoyed it, which opened my eyes to a lot of different things in LA. Then from there, I kind of strayed onto the uh, commercial side of the business, working on the tenant side, doing store planning and store design, and then working for a landlord, working with tenants on their store plans and designs. And then that ended up I strayed into the development side, which I really enjoyed because it combined a lot of different things like construction, leasing, marketing, design, um, and put everything together. That's a lot of straying. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But I ended up coming back to residential design and construction because that was always my first passion and I really enjoyed it. I had control over it. It was something that was tangible. Everybody has experiences relating to housing and that's just where I wanted to be. 
what what about architecture actually drew you in the beginning? And if that was the case, sort of why why I always find it interesting. There's a reason why we stray, and there's a reason why we go explore and and try new things. And and my initial thought is, if if we loved it as much as we do, then we would stay and be totally focused, laser focused mm-hmm. on that. And I find a lot of people that do that, but using my own career. I'm I'm a wanderer as well, and I sort of strayed through and and explored new avenues. Why do you think you did that, and how did you how did it draw you back to the to the to the thing that you really loved? Yeah, because I I came full center, you know, full circle. Basically, I started out in one area and have ended up back exactly where I started. I think it gives you a different perspective, and it lets you see things differently, makes you a better designer. Um, gives you a broader perspective about other components and aspects of the work. So I think it's beneficial to stray. So core development group, mm-hmm. give me the give me the background, give me the give me the story. Because here's what I also find interesting about the company: it's it's development, it's design, it's project man, it's property management, it's consulting. Right. It, it's really it's really this overarching s- scale. Of, of services. It's a suite of services, rather. It's interesting. It, it's basically all the same. I mean, if you think about it, I think we um, approach everything from a design perspective. So how do things come together? How's it going to look? How are people going to use it? How are people going to experience the space and try and tie everything together? Whether it's designing a home, it's building a home, managing property, dealing with tenants. Um, we really try and focus on the design and the experience. So kind of incorporates all those aspects together. Would you say that your favorite part is still the design? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so when did the company? When did the company form? So it's interesting. I had a couple corporate jobs, which were great, good experience, and started. Um, uh, we bought our first house in the late '90s, and fixed it up. And then who's up, we? My wife and I. Okay. And uh, and flipped it in about eleven months. And always knew that I enjoyed that. It was very tangible. Um, I had control over the design construction, sourcing materials, and then all the while I was still working, but knew that those days were num- you know, were numbered. So after we um, did it a few times, we moved in, we moved out, upgraded. Again, we moved, I think, 12 times in 10 years. So in and out and in and out. Um, finally did a property that enabled me to quit my real job, my day job, and then pursue this full time. What was the day job? The day job was I was a um, development director for a shopping center company. Okay. Yeah. Did you like that? I did. You did. Yeah, I did. What What about What about that side of the business? Did you like? And you still do it technically. I I, I mean not on the same scale. No, or, but but, right, but essentially similar aspects of it. What I enjoyed was the variety of people and skills that all uh, came towards a common goal. So you had a bunch of really smart people working together in their various disciplines to improve property. Interesting. So it was interesting, yeah. What about the business do you like most now? And, and I say that, <clears throat> backing up a second, the climate. It, it, to, be, to be in design and architecture now, especially from the, de- from the development side, you have to be nimble. Mm-hmm. You have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You have to have resources. You you have to be able to prognosticate really well values and 
movement. I haven't seen, I, I'm a native Angelino, and I haven't seen the city shift the way that it is now right. ever. Yeah. I've never seen this yeah. before. It's amazing how, how our city's urbanized over the last 10 years the way it never has before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and technically, technically, you know, we're not one city. We're, we're like 44, right. 45 yeah. individual boroughs, yeah. right? Individual communities that come together to make up this one big community that people consider to be Los Angeles. But it's, it's like the staircase at Hogwarts, right? Everything mm -hmm. just keeps moving. Right. And the cities keep, you know, one day gentrification is taking place in Silver Lake. Then Silver Lake completely changes direction and it turns into something else and gentrification is now following the the metro line right. from downtown to santa monica yeah there's just it it's hot spots and yeah. and how it flows how do you manage that process i mean that's part of the appeal the interesting variety um the changing nature of design where people want to live where people can afford to live in the city so i say i think following that tracking that being aware of it being ahead of it i think those are all really interesting components of development it is so where do you have a do you have a do you have a farm do you have a primary area where yeah you like so to work? i i've i've been spoiled i've always uh tried to work close to home you know the city is large and if you can do that you know one of the lucky ones yeah so i really try to stay on the west side um i've done a project in the valley i've done you know beverly hills a little further east than that um so i've been really fortunate to focus on the west side but i do like there are neighborhoods that i really like on the east side where we're venturing, you know, looking at properties on the east side because it's up and coming. It's where people want to be. It's interesting. It's eclectic. How east? Um, you know, Highland Park, um, Eagle Rock, Atwater Village, those areas. Okay. Because, it's, you know, I was talking to some folks recently who are, who are doing a lot of design work downtown L.A. Mm -hmm. And that used to be so far east you could that used yeah. to be far east you couldn't even yeah. imagine and now design is actually taking the far side of, of downtown and right. actually working into other areas it's just unheard of yeah it's unheard of yeah. um and finding places to work as a developer you kind of have to be more selective because your your options are fewer and the way that pricing is, it's just out of, it's out of control. So, yeah. how, how, and how do you compete and how do you, how do you find the projects that you want to work on? Well, it's hard. I think having a design background helps because a lot of times you can find that hidden gem that's in plain sight that most people don't know what to do with. They can't see it. They don't have a vision for what the property could be. Those are the ideal ones. Those are the ones that if you can find in your own backyard, you know, that are those are the best ones so the areas the areas that you mentioned though are are no those aren't those aren't secret hideaways right i mean no, those are like right. well discovered yes. areas is there anything new that you're seeing i mean you know i've talked to some people who are looking at inglewood mm -hmm. in a different light now because yeah. of the stadium that's being built there yeah. because the 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 revitalization project around the forum and they're trying to figure out okay well how do we how do we start in a neighborhood that hasn't really begun to transform mm -hmm. yet you know, it's a race to be second. Nobody wants to be first into the neighborhood, right? Exactly, right. That's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's the challenge. I'd much rather look in my own backyard yeah. than be the first one. Yeah. So over time, how, have, how has the business changed for you? How do you, how do you approach it now? And, and the, the development projects that you're working on now, what are, what are people asking you for? What are you seeing? You know, back, back in the day, it was a lot... Um, 
easier, I think, because um, I, I think a lot of design aspects were not as commonplace as they are today. I think buyers' expectations are um, are different, and with the internet and access to information, um, TV shows, websites, there's a lot of information out there, so people's expectations are much higher. You could build a new house, you know, years ago, and people would think it's unique. And today, you know, you see 10 new houses and they're not unique anymore because everybody's using the same materials. Nobody's differentiating um, the design. So the challenge today, I think, is really to create something that's unique, to do something that's different, that buyers want, um, and that, you know, hopefully exceeds expectations. And what's really important in that, in the calculus, is the price per foot. It is. What are what are you seeing now? How are you managing? How are you managing that calculus? It's difficult. Um, certain segments of the market are really challenging because prices have appreciated so rapidly in such a short period of time. So it's hard to develop in those areas. And if you are developing in those areas, then it's about mass and quantity and not quality. So my preference would really be to focus on quality rather than quantity. Is is there an established per foot people ask me that all the time uh, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would I would imagine they do yeah it's challenging and I always you know respond with another question and there's a lot of different variables that affect that there are definitely um, ranges for construction costs based on you know mid-level lower level higher level quality but it really depends on the site it depends on the jurisdiction um, the the owner what their desire is what their sense of aesthetic is and what they'd like to see. That being said, what's the range? For what? For a new construction? Well, for a remodel? Uh, so, for so a listen, side, here's, side? here's what I'm finding. I'm, I'm finding that the standard for, for quality is, is, has become sort of a, the, the standardized luxury level. Right. You can get you can get entry level luxury. You mm -hmm. can get super high level luxury. But the entry level for, for luxury is is what is what a family of of two, three, four would would want in their home on the west side. The average size of the house used to be, you know, I say used to be 10 years ago. It was pushing three thousand thirty five hundred. Mm -hmm. Now it's starting to get back to where it was decades ago, where twenty five hundred, even two thousand is a sweet spot for a lot of people who want to live smaller. Mm -hmm. And again, do you pa it goes back to standards. It's putting more in, into a home. Can someone do that on 500 a foot? And I put it in comparison because we have people who leave here and go to Houston or go to right. Dallas. Yeah. So you can build in Dallas for 100 a foot. Right. You can yeah. because it's, it's easier to do. Yeah. 500 a foot, is that a realistic number? Um, sure, yeah, I think it's a realistic number. I'm a big fan. I feel like good design does not have to be expensive. And whether your products contain a certain brand label on them or not, you can get the same aesthetic and the same functionality and pay two different, you know, two different numbers depending on how they're marketed, who's selling them. So good design doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. But $500 a square foot, sure, you can build a great, you know, luxury project for $500 a square foot. So I guess more importantly, the question is, what, what is the calculus? What is the number? How, not what is the number, but how do, how is the, how is the, what is the process for coming up with the number these days? Because I'll tell you something right now, affordability mm -hmm. is the number one issue. 
And it has been probably for the last, I would say, three years. Yeah. You're listening to my conversation with Core Development Group President Josh Boris. We're talking about building, development, and design. As a design professional, you're always looking for resources, and I have one for you. It's Article, an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you are going to love the style and quality of Article Furniture. Here's the best part. Articles created a trade program specifically for busy designers like you. Check this out. Joining the trade program is absolutely free and there is no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. None. Your clients will love this. And now you you have some help in your design and working with a company that really wants to see you succeed. What's more, They have exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found elsewhere for less. They offer a standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. You're going to love the shipping. Flat rate in most cases, if not free, and it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. They handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer service is staffed by design professionals. These are real people who know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and have the authority to help you get what you need. For all the details and to sign up for Article's trade program, please go to cxd.article.com. That's CXD is in Convo by Design, cxd.article.com. Thank you, Article. Back to my conversation with Core Development Group President, Josh Boris. What I like to do is I like to think about the cost during the design process, because depending on the style, depending on the number of windows and doors, depending on the different building components is really going to dictate how expensive or inexpensive the cost of construction will be. So there's a number of different variables. um, And ideally, you try and target the or hit the target with the design to meet the client's budget. When you're when you're finding projects, have you gotten into the model slash design house concept yet? No. What I'm finding a, a lot of developers are starting to do. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. You know where I'm going with yeah. this, right? It's a really interesting concept where it's basically taking the idea of a show house mm-hmm. and the old idea of a model home and combining the two. So instead of attaching a model home to a to a you know a whole neighborhood of of fabricated idealistic homes it's a it's a Mm one-off you work with a designer or a a complement of designers Mm -hmm. you create a a design house that just happens to be on the market at the same time that you're showing it It, it's not new no it's a throwback um, but I'm starting to see it a lot more and I'm I'm curious your thoughts on that I think it's a smart um, strategy for controlling costs if you can have manufacturers donate product but Ultimately, the question that I would ask is, are those products right for that project or for that house? What's the motivation? What's the overriding concern? Is it the design? Is it the cost? Is it a blend of both? What's the purpose? Is it to market the builder or the designer? Or is it to build or you know, design or sell the best property possible? Where, where's the answer for you? Because obviously, you, you know what it is. You yeah. know, you've seen it. You've started sure. to see it a lot. And it's not something that you've gotten into yet. So there's got to be a reason for that. I mean, it really depends on on the project, really. Um, you know, I'm not opposed to saving money where I can on projects, you know, but also I want to make the right decision for the project. Do you think that's more of a cost? Absolutely. Issue? Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not necessarily for you. It's not about what 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 magical can we create in this in this box and then put it on well the ideally we create the magic no matter what so the yes but but okay but the flip side of that is oftentimes when you're developing a project you're trying to make it 
most appealing yes. to to the vast amount of wider people, range of people yeah. as opposed to when you create a a visualized home mm-hmm. you, you create your own family your own mythical family yes. that's going to live in this home mm-hmm. and then you design for them well i think there's a hybrid actually i feel like um good development needs to be specific it can't be too generic. If it's too generic, the pluses are it appeals to a wide variety of people, but then it becomes mundane. If you are more specific and customize the product, then you're going to appeal to certain people that really you know appreciate it. So I think you have to be specific. Taking it to the level of a design showroom might be too specific or might not be cohesive in a way that's appropriate for the for the you know the building. And along those lines, you know there are some things that we've seen now that are incredibly popular mm-hmm. um, would love your thoughts in addition to that want to hear what you have to say about anything that that maybe I don't bring up first and foremost has to be the indoor outdoor nature which really is quintessential California style right, right? yeah and it, I but I've seen more and I think it has to do more with the fact that there are more products out there that are suitable for this Definitely. you know full wall windows yeah expanding right. and the way and and with this with without um, without sacrificing the quality or integrity of the home, mm-hmm. right? But so bringing indoor, outdoor. Well, technology has changed that, I think. Yeah. You know, building products are more commonplace, they're less specialized. Uh, more and more door and window manufacturers offer, you know, large openings, larger sizes, um, you know, energy efficient uh, windows. So it makes it easier to create those large openings for indoor, outdoor spaces. Kitchens mm-hmm. are what used super important what used to be the living room yeah really is the kitchen yeah right yeah absolutely i mean i'm seeing that too and and the and it's not just one kitchen anymore oftentimes there's the there's the main kitchen in the house right it, it, on bigger properties uh and in, in certain communities, you've got the show kitchen, right? And then you got the working kitchen, right? And you have the coffee bar area, and you have the actual bar area. Well, wait have, a minute. See, it's funny you're yeah. jumping ahead of me now. So then there's the outdoor kitchen, right? Which I'm starting to see outdoor kitchens. Mm-hmm. Are you starting to see that too? Like oh, outdoor kitchens on absolutely. par with indoor kitchens? Yeah, absolutely. Are you being asked for that? Sure. Yeah, definitely. They're great. I mean, if you think about it, people always want to congregate around a kitchen. It's a great place to hang out. It's informal. Um, indoor, outdoor, it makes perfect sense. And and wait, with where you were going, the wine bar, the coffee bar, yeah. really interesting, right? Yeah. What are you seeing with this? I think it's great. I think it's a good trend. I think separating functions and creating specific spaces, all that tie, you know, back to the kitchen, are useful. Um, especially in some of the larger properties that we work on, it's nice to have those designated areas to make your coffee in the morning, um, to open up a bottle of wine. They're nice little nooks and crannies people like to use, and besides being functional, they're very decorative. And and sort of tying in the technology as well, you know, folks folks who love natural stone, mm-hmm. for example, and in in the in the kitchen, you have so many options now right. that make better function yeah. options. Than natural stone sure. necessarily, but then you talk about a wine bar or a coffee bar, two heavily staining. Yes. So now you can go to a to a manufactured product that looks like natural. Right. You have options. Yeah, you do. You have a lot of good options today. Yeah, for sure. In addition to that, when you're talking about kitchens, I was just at the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts. 
huge kitchen and it's being designed uh by a designer Samantha Williams for Patina. So it's going to be a working kitchen at the Bodie House. Mm-hmm. And it's two kitchens. I mean, it's massive, right? And I walked in, and what was really surprising is I could recognize, all told, maybe four or five appliances that I could see. Mm-hmm. There's 17 in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much that went unseen. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. As a developer, that's got to give you endless possibilities. It does. And, uh, you know, again, I think it goes back to good design creating a room, not just a kitchen, a living space. People can congregate if you want to conceal the appliances, you know, panel front, um, hide them in appliance garages, nooks and crannies, or have them exposed and be more of a functional kitchen. I will tell you, it was, it was a little disorienting to go in there. and it, Not know where things are. No, not yeah. know where things are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's happened to me on more than one occasion. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Where's the refrigerator? Yeah. Used to be you just have to search around for the trash, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, now it's you're looking for the refrigerator right. with, with the paneling. Yeah. That, and then the drawers and the dishwashing drawers and the, and the, yeah. and the, and the, and the it's amazing. Concealed compartments and sinks for yeah. sponges. And I mean, there's everything. Yeah. Yeah. So wanted to talk to you about a couple of the projects okay. that, that, you, that you've worked on. Mm-hmm. They're just, I think, are really cool. The first one I wanted to start with is the Feldman House. Mm-hmm. So tell tell me about this this property. It's an amazing property. It's the house that keeps giving. I mean, it's, how so? It, it's um, you know, it was really a uh, a passion project. I had several goals when uh, when I found the property. It was an old twenty eight hundred square foot mid century modern. Um, the original owner had just passed away on a beautiful overgrown wooded property. Original owner, Feldman? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, Mrs. Feldman and her husband built the house in the late 50s and she passed away. Beautiful property, beautiful mid-century modern, originally designed by Gregory Ain. And the, you know, the, the key was to keep the original without destroying it, but update it and add on enough to make it desirable, valuable, modern, um, preserve the integrity of the site and the original architecture. How did you do that? How did I do that? Well, I, let me back up a second. Yeah. So, it, it, I what I find really interesting about this is it's not about the celebrity that lives there. Right. It's Ricky Martin and his husband. Here's what's interesting: it's that they're two creatives. Mm-hmm. So you've got a musician. Right. You've got an artist. Yeah. From a personality standpoint, yeah. you've you've got a you've got a historical you've got a historical piece of architecture. Yeah. You've got an iconic building the way that it was the way that it was built. You've got two sort of modern sensibilities. You want to you want to respect and recognize and respect the original purpose, meaning, form, right. and function. Yet at the same time, you want to make it special and different and unique for the client that's living in the house. Right. So that's what, a challenge. It is. And so what's interesting too, you know, most people would have looked at that house, which was original, you know, in, in need of a lot of love and torn it down. It was a great property. And the challenge was how do you keep the original intact? We added over 8,000 square feet to that property, to that house. Oh, you did. So it became quite large without destroying or overshadowing the existing. So the challenge was really to look at the site in such a way to um, add on to it and keep the original character and integrity and play off of it rather than destroy it. Hopefully that's what we were able to do. Um, 
it's you know one of my favorite homes it is really nice because it opens up to the outside which sits on a wooded lot very private very peaceful lots of light we use lots of natural materials wood limestone um, and very fortunate that you know an artistic family liked the house and, and bought it what do you think of, of the exterior the original exterior yeah um, what did I think of it? I thought it was really cool. I could really appreciate it for what it was. And I think that the benefit that we have today is with technology and alluding a little bit to our uh, earlier conversation about windows and doors and technology and bringing the indoors out and um, outdoors in. You know, technology today allows us to really create open spaces much more so than what they were able to achieve in the late 50s. So I think it was a great hint of what the site needed and a good starting point to to draw from and the footprint that you had to work with the plot it's kind of like you're you're working on a on a on a piece of art and the canvas it's not most people will will look at a will look at a piece of land and think you know it's a canvas it's flat it's right. square or rectangular yeah. or a variation thereof this wasn't no I, it's, any a, of it's, those. A, it's a three-dimensional canvas yes hillside on two sides the center had the original house and that was the challenge how do you cite these additions these two new wings that were created in a pool without you know destroying the original house and the challenge was how do you build it how do you work around the existing how do you uh, enhance the space so you know angles were um, taken from the original house the roof line was maintained um, we you know we tried to match a lot of the detailing from the original and kept the original fireplace in the living room the cantilevered steps stepping down into the the, the existing living room uh, built-ins things of that nature so and I and I love that I love that property I think I think the house came out great yeah talk to me about um, ranch lane um, what, what do you, what should I say? I mean, it, it no, I'm, I'm curious as, so I saw the project yeah. on your website mm -hmm. and I, I really like it. I, I think there's it's very there's, different than Angelo. It's different, different than the Feldman house. It's completely yeah. different. Yeah. And so I'm curious when it's so, not, it's not that you're stuck on, it's not that you have to be stuck on one style in so a order lot of, to accomplish it. A lot of people it. do that. A lot of people are known for, they do. for one style. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think every, every site's unique. And as a developer, if I wear my developer hat, you know, the Palisades, which is where Ranch Lane is located, the buyer there is going to look for a more traditional home. And Ranch Lane is definitely more traditional, the outside. The inside was a little little more transitional, but very different than the Feldman House in Beverly Hills. So every site is really unique, and I try to recognize that in the design and then design something that's going to be suitable for the marketplace. And the last one I wanted to ask you about, suitable for the marketplace, mm -hmm. heavy in design, is Fifth Avenue. Mm -hmm. So this one is really, this one's really interesting this to me. This is a really sweet... And it's close to my heart. I yeah, love what you did with this. Original Craftsman Home built at the turn of the century. And basically we left the original shell intact and then opened up the interior and tried to, again, preserve the house, but modernize it and update it in such a way that um, people would like and make it more livable. When you first saw that, what state was it in? It was pretty bad. Was it? Yeah. Scale of one to 10? Probably like a nine. Oh, really? That yeah, bad? it was really bad. So... 
Did you? I, I'm a sucker for for old architecture. No, I get, I, I, I get mean, that. I love the the uniqueness of it, and um, you can really enhance those types of structures and keep the integrity and still make them livable and functional. And they don't need to be large. They don't need to be 11,000 square feet. They can be 1,200 square feet or 1,500 square feet and function just as well. Did you build this as a spec project? It was. It was. So you yeah. you didn't have a family that you had to build for. No. So when you do that. Who do you do you envision yourself, your family living there, or do you pick a do you pick a do I have something in mind? Well, so here's the question: When I talk to designers who are working on showcase homes mm -hmm. and design houses, Pasadena, for example, yeah. the the showcase house committee will give them a fictional family, mm -hmm. right? Right, and then they'll sort of take their own make yes. their own choices based on that. You have an option. You're not designing for a client. Nobody's telling you what to do. Right. So. Which is a lot harder. It is a lot harder. It so is. you so you kind of have to imagine who's the family that's living here. And I'm just curious: Do you imagine that family is you and yours, or do you do you do you select who you want to sell this to and then design it for them? Part of it is the neighborhood. You know, certain neighborhoods uh, are attractive for certain types of buyers. Venice, Santa Monica versus the Palisades or Beverly Hills. So keeping that in mind. But also the type of house I think is pretty unique. You know, a 1,200 or 1,400 square foot house like the Fifth Avenue project is not going to appeal to a large family. It's probably going to appeal to a different type of buyer. So I do try and keep that in mind. But also I don't want to be too specific because you never know where someone's going to come from, what they're going to like. It's true. You, you, never, you never do know, do you? No. Yeah. This was great. So listen, I really appreciate this. I think this was great. Um, and if you want to, so if you're listening to the podcast and you want to see any of the projects that Josh and I are talking about here, I'm going to be putting some videos up. If they're not there when, when you hear this, keep checking back because they will be eventually. But I'm going to put these up there so you get to see, so you get to see what we're talking about. Um, and, and it was fun. And this was fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. I really appreciate it, Josh. Thanks, thanks for, a lot. Thanks for the time. Thank you. <laughs> That was my conversation with Core Development Group President Josh Boris. Thank you, Josh, for the time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Snyder Diamond for providing space in the living kitchen and for your continued support. It is so, so greatly appreciated. Thank you to Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove, Vondam, and Article for your support as well. And of course, thank you for listening and subscribing, because without you listening, there would be no Convo by Design. So thank you, and until next week, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vondam Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vondam pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vondam products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondam.com.